Life Audio. Hey, it's time for Cynthia Garrett's Girl Club. I'm Cynthia Garrett, and I will be right with you in just a moment after this. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolf. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Girl Club. You know the place. We are real girls having real talk about real faith while seeking, well, about real issues while seeking to apply a very real faith. And, you know, I kind of jumped in this morning um, right away, and I want to take five seconds to just sort of establish that we have really been spending a lot of time looking at everything through a lens of identity because it, it, quite frankly, it seems that everything comes back to viewing the world through a lens of identity. But whose identity? And that's the issue. Is it our identity? Is it an identity as created by what social media says or what movies say or magazines or TV says? No, it's not. Because real identity, lasting identity, the kind of identity that makes you confident and happy and powerful when you walk in a room is when your identity is rooted in a very tangible set of facts as determined by your creator, because you have a creator. And as with any creator, when we create something, we have, uh, we have an intention for why we created it. We have a motivation in our heart for why we created something. We have a desire for what that creation is supposed to be, do, and say. Just like we have intentions and ideas and thoughts and reasons for what we create as humans, God has the very same thing for why he created each one of us. God had intentions for us. God has a purpose for us. God has a reason for you, you know? And it's all rooted in your understanding what your identity is as determined by God, your father, the creator of the heavens and the earth, and certainly the one who created us. So joining me in studio today are two of uh, two of the Girl Club crew. And um, I'm always happy to, to have these Mondays. You know, I'm always happy to have the conversations that we have here, the fellowship that we have here. And so as you're all kind of joining us from around the world, 
Good morning, good evening, good night, <laughs> everyone. And uh, let's welcome in studio Nova Page and Christina Boudreaux. Hey, y'all. Hello. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs> yeah, tis the season. And for all of you um, actually watching us um, through Cynthia Garrett Ministries' YouTube channel, then uh, you're joining us with a very lovely Christmas production background. For those of you listening on podcasts, we love you too, but you're you're missing it. You're just missing the visual. So anyway, diving in, you know, it, it's interesting, you guys, because um, I, I kind of asked you before we started to think of some stuff that really makes you think about identity. You know, what, what any scripture you might have, any stories you'd want to share. And I asked because I find myself you know, when I study the Bible, I find myself realizing that, well, first of all, you know, Jesus, our savior comes from a, a, a line of people who were not all strong in their identity. You know, some of them slid around and stumbled on the way across the finish line of their calling and purpose in the bigger picture, you know, the bigger redemption story that we're all a part of. And I find it to be really interesting. You know, Jacob was one of those people. Um, and Jacob is Joseph's father. And so as we move through Genesis studying Joseph, I, you know, we all sort of know the story of Joseph and how his brothers get jealous of him, right? Because he's his, their father, Jacob's favorite, essentially. And, and Jacob kind of really outwardly favors him. Um, but as we go through the story of him getting thrown into a pit and then sold into slavery and all this stuff, I realized the bigger overarching theme, which really kind of applies to the Bible and it applies to our lives, is that even though things appear to be really crazy and messy, it's almost like when you look back at God's resume, you realize that but for you know, the events of your life happening, good and bad, you may not arrive to the place you're at today or to the place where God wants to take you. So what do I mean by that? Okay, so, you know, Jacob lived through a lot of, uh, and Joseph lived through a lot of horrors, okay? But in all of it, God has a plan. And that's kind of what I'm saying. In all of the mess in your life, God has a plan. And I started thinking about sort of the sequence of things. You know, if Joseph's family wasn't messed up and kind of weird, his brothers would never have sold him as a slave. And if Joseph's brothers never sold him as a slave, then Joseph never would have gone to Egypt. And if Joseph never went to Egypt, he'd have never been sold to Potiphar. And if Joseph was never sold to Potiphar, Potiphar's wife would never have falsely accused him of rape. Well, if Potiphar's wife never falsely accused Joseph of rape, then Joseph would never have been put in prison in Egypt. And if Joseph was never put in prison, he would never have met the baker and the butler to Pharaoh. Well, if Joseph never met the baker and the butler of Pharaoh, he would have never interpreted their dreams. And if Joseph had never interpreted their dreams, he would never have interpreted Pharaoh's dreams. And if Joseph had never been given that opportunity to interpret Pharaoh's dreams, then he never would have become prime minister second in Egypt only to Pharaoh. And if Joseph had never become prime minister, he never would have wisely prepared for a terrible famine that was going to come upon the land. Well, if Joseph had never wisely prepared for that terrible famine, 
than his family back in Canaan would have died in the famine. The same family that threw him into slavery, right? Sold him into slavery. Well, if Joseph's family back in Canaan had died in the famine, then the Messiah would never have come from a dead family. And if the Messiah didn't come forth, then Jesus never came. And if Jesus never came, we're all dead in sin and without hope in this world. So we got to be grateful because God's plans are wiser than we are and they're bigger than we are. And the story that we're a part of is much bigger than we often even realize. And I'd never really looked at the story of Joseph in quite that way with those consequences, you know, and it was like, whoa, you know. Judah, you know, the line through, you know, of all of Jacob's sons, right? You know, to Jesus. um, Judah. It's Judah. And Judah would have, Judah would have been dead. (laughs) That's right. I think, I think Cynthia, like you bring up such a, that, that story is so incredible. What, but what really does fascinate me and I've thought about it quite a bit this year is that, you know, all of that went down, but it was because Judah stepped up Judah but all of that had to happen in order for Judah to have the opportunity really to step up and go he's gonna kill my dad like you know what I'm saying like he was the voice and I, I I it's really pretty fascinating and I I feel like that's the piece where I'm just like taken aback like all those things went down in other words we don't know we don't always understand in all of our life circumstances. We've all been through all these things, but you never know how one thing meets the, the other. And then we can sit back and go, but you're right, Cynthia. God has such an incredible track record. He knows what he's doing. He is sovereign and we can mm. trust him and we can trust the plan. And yeah. when you're in the middle of it, it's really challenging, but we have this hope as an anchor to our soul. Yeah. And I mean, I love, look, first of all, for those of you who are not watching us in studio, uh, Nova's wearing a a sweatshirt that says, I need Jesus on it. And so if I start laughing, it's just because the reality of her, of her sweatshirt is just so everything, right? Right about now. Girl, I, I, uh, so our friends of mine, I, I think you guys know who the Katinas are. So they sell these. And I was like, I need one of those. Give me 10 of those. Actually, I'm going to wear one like all through the long. Exactly. Yeah, but but yes. it, it's the it's the ultimate identity exclamation point. I need Jesus. And and it and and it it's sort of the it's the sum of the I mean it's the sum total of the story there, right? Had Jace had Joseph not gone through what he went through, you know, we wouldn't have Jesus. And mm-hmm. it's really it's really interesting because, you know, I think about Jacob, right? And and I it, what did Jacob role model? I mean, Jacob's, all of this is a, is a journey to identity. I mean, Joseph forecast his identity. He shared his dreams, you know, because it was very prophetic what was going to come to pass. No one could really deal with it, but his identity was that he was going to be this, you know, a savior of sorts and that his family would bow down to him. And I, I think in the fulfillment of our identity, we go through things, and when you look at uh, something like this, you realize we're going through these things to prepare us for who we ultimately will become. You know, Joseph was faithful and walked in his identity when he was in the pit, 
you know, when he was in prison, uh, falsely accused of rape by, you know, the Pharaoh's wife, like in all of these things, he never stopped and abandoned God. He never said, you know, I'm, I'm a loser. I have no opportunities in life. My life is over. I want to take my life. You know, we tend to, I look at the world around us today, you guys, and I look at, you know, the number of people who commit suicide. You know, I look at the number of people who kind of tap out because life seems so hard. But, you know, then I look at our spiritual forefathers and all the messes that they made for themselves, you know, and the messes that were not made by themselves. And they they didn't tap out. You know, the ones that really are important, who persevered, are the ones who clung to their identity as determined by their creator. And certainly how we live our lives impacts how our children live their lives. Because I'm looking at, you know, I look at Jacob's life and it's like, okay, you know, Jacob, Jacob stole Esau's blessing. You know, he didn't have to steal Esau's blessing because he was already, you know, God already said he he knew God knew the life Jacob was going to have. He knew the identity of Jacob and Esau. I mean, if you just, Esau was who Esau was to the very end. Jacob is, is who Jacob was. However, there's a point where Jacob becomes Israel, like truly becomes Israel. And I find it to be really interesting that, you know, Jacob, his sons weren't so great. You know, he had a lot of sons who were pretty bad guys. And where did they learn to deceive and to uh, lie, you know, and cheat? And it just really made me think a lot about what we role model for our kids and for the people around us, you know, as believers. And what we show people is our identity, you know, as in Christ. If we call ourselves a Christian, are, are people looking at us and seeing someone who really is, you know, and represents the image of what they would imagine Jesus to be like, you know, and, you know? Yeah, no, it's, it's us. For, uh you know, embodying the character of Christ Mm -hmm. that we live out and embody his, his character. So it's not that we look so good because we're so good. It's that we are being transformed into the likeness of Jesus and we are embodying his character. And that's what comes out of a heart that is surrendered and deciding that they will um, be in alignment with Christ. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I, Man, we have plenty of opportunity. I know I had an opportunity yesterday. And um, it, honestly, you guys, <laughs> it is hard to, uh, it, when you're tested the way I felt tested yesterday, uh, man, I had to just step back and go, truly, I was had this sweatshirt on yesterday too. So I'm double wearing this. But um, but I'm wearing it very purposefully because in that moment I needed Jesus so badly to because I needed to be like him in that moment or I would have lost it. (laughs) But I truly felt the need to of my savior. I needed him. Yeah. Well, look, life people are a test. You know, people are a constant test. And, and you know, when we see people, well, I think it's kind of twofold. When we see ourselves as God's child, 
then we can begin to see ourselves as part of something bigger that has to do with God. So then we begin to see ourselves as who God tells us to be. And we know that we want to hit these certain targets. We want, look, you know, we want to walk in love. We want to walk in forgiveness. We want to walk in peace. We, We want to walk with an abundance of spirit, ready to speak the hope that we stand in, you know, ready to, ready to share powerfully, you know, who our savior is. And, but, but I do think we, you know, in that we, in that confidence and in that sort of connection to our identity, you know, in, as, as people made in his image, we're also not to be pushovers, you know, and people do tend to push you to that limit of, okay, I need you, Jesus, not just to not, you know, go off on somebody, but I need you, Jesus, to show me how I am supposed to deal with this situation that may be unfair, incorrect, all up in my face, you know, all at the, yep. in, you know, at a bad time, you know, not the right moment, mm-hmm. you know, oh. all, all of it. All of it, all yes. of it. And you know what? It, you know, it, it does, just like you said, I think you struck a chord in me. It, it, being like Jesus doesn't mean we just sit back and go, well, whatever you want, because I'm just so nice. I'm just a nice Jesus lover. I think being forthright, truthful, um, while maintaining Christ-like behavior is what we need to be about because we can't be people that just, you know, like, okay, do whatever you want. It's like, no, that's, that's not what this is, you know? So- yeah. Yeah, I I get it. And I know, you know, Christina, I know you've been, you know, really kind of taken with the the power of the identity represented by the the woman uh, the Samaritan woman. And I find that to be such a powerful story because you know, here's this woman that no one, you know, no good Israelite would have been talking to, right? And she's she's at this well and Jesus, you know, of course, who knows everything, kind of reads her her life story and then shows his power to her so tremendously that she goes back and she basically preaches the gospel to a whole people group. And, you know, our identity on the outside as determined by other people can often be so completely different than the story that God has written for us. Mm -hmm. So good. You know? Yeah. I know that um, the story of the Samaritan woman um, is so powerful because um, yesterday, my friends and I, we uh, we're touring this week for Christmas, um, sex trafficking recovery homes here in California. And yesterday we went to a home and to this, well, in a couple of days, we're going to go to like the only home that houses minors, like teen girls in California, in like Southern California. And it's crazy that the government's trying to put like red tape, but these women, man, have gone through so much. And, the home we went to last night, we did two events yesterday. We did an event on the beach at sunset for a bunch of survivors that came who have now graduated a program who are learning skills to where they wouldn't go back. Cause it's often 
so easy to go back to that when you haven't had like a radical mm. encounter. Sometimes people go back when they, they go back that- to they go back to the identity that they're comfortable and familiar with. Exactly. Yeah. 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 yeah so, they sure do. Yeah. So last night, um, and then after that we did an event at a at the home that's just, that's connected with that. And there was 12 women and that was the biggest thing that I shared with them. And my friend who has radical testimony, she shared with the girls too, but I shared the story of my horse brave and how she came from an abusive background with the Amish was sent to the slaughterhouse and I rescued her and I like emptied my savings account to get her. I signed a paper and a, of adoption saying she's mine and just reminding the women, like when you're adopted as God's daughter, it changes your identity. It changes your past. Like, cause you've been adopted from abuse, but you've been adopted to love. And it was so powerful for these mm-hmm. women to hear that because the adoption of Christ and the blood of Christ erases your past mm-hmm. of that, how your past no longer determines your identity. Your past no longer determines your worth. It is his love and how he washed you with the blood. Like he wore the crown of thorns so that you could wear a crown mm-hmm. of jewels and it changed mm-hmm. them. And it was so mm-hmm. powerful. Like these women, there were so many that gave their lives to Christ we prayed over healing. We pray. It was just so like beautiful. And I'm seeing some of these women having to this home specifically that we went to uh, this first one is known for being a revolving door of women going in and out because they constantly go back. That would be like the Samaritan woman constantly going back to those men, you know, or whatever, or the sinful woman going back to them then, but even in in luke there's a story of a sinful woman who washed the feet of jesus in luke chapter 7 verses 36 through 50 and this woman was known as that woman Mm -hmm. that's right woman but she had an encounter with the lord that healed her and she gave her most valuable possession you know and she didn't care same thing with the samaritan woman she didn't care and i think that it's real what really took place was a transaction of identity of jesus telling the samaritan woman you know that you are loved not only as a woman but even though you're a samaritan and you're looked down upon you're still loved even though you're seen as the town floozy you're still loved and it was like the town prostitute that ended up going to be an evangelist, you know, to save, mm-hmm. you know, city. Yeah. And the woman, the sinful woman that washed yeah. the feet of Jesus, she, um, her testimony became that as well, you know? And so yeah. it was just yeah. love. His love changes our identity from our past mm-hmm. and gives us yeah. a new identity in our present. So I yes. think of that Romans uh, scripture. I think I, gave it to you, Anna, but it just so perfectly, you know, uh, fits the moment of Romans eight fifteen for you didn't receive a spirit of slavery to, you know, fall back into fear. Right. Yeah. But you have received the spirit of adoption as sons and daughters whom we cry, Abba, father. Yeah. And I, I think, I mean, Christina, that's so incredibly powerful to, you know, yeah. for you to be a part of those moments, but really yeah. for those women to go, I am, I am adopted. I'm loved. Yeah. Like Jesus yeah. emptied his savings for me. Yeah, he did. 
yeah having them bankrupt right to to adopt yeah. them and that's just it's a beautiful bankrupt. thing yeah, yeah. So, so incredibly beautiful well, thank you for that yeah you know what's interesting too about what you share is you know we always say like uh th- these people gave their life to Christ you know gave their life to Christ and it and it just you know it hit me while you were speaking that what's really happening is that they gave their identity to Christ so that they are they no longer want to return to the old identity they had mm-hmm. as sex trafficking victims as you know all manner of you know, horrible identity that was thrown on them by the world and circumstances and whatever, but they're choosing to turn from that identity and give their identity to Christ, give their identity to Christ. And your life is your identity, you know, a lot. And it's interesting. It hit me really deeply because I think that when we think about it as I give my life to Christ, that's kind of out there and hard to touch. But when I think about it as I've given my identity to Jesus. That means that how I see myself is no longer mine to determine. I've given that to Jesus. Teach me, Jesus, how should I see myself? You know, Mm. how I see, you know, how I see what I do with my life, how my artistic gifts play out, how my, you know, ministry plays out, how this program plays out. It's no, it's, it, it all is an identity that, we've given to Jesus, you know, we, I gave my life to Christ. So what he does with my identity is his. And it means also that we have to read the Bible because we have to know what he says our identity is. And it is in every single page, like every single page, every single story from old Testament to new is a journey of identity to fulfill, you know, this great sort of, circle of life you know it's a place where we're all going you know and and it's really it's really deep to me when i think about it like that you know like i i gave more than my life to christ i gave my very identity to christ Mm -hmm. and for these women it's interesting cb it might make us all a bit more resolved to not look back at egypt and to not want to return to the lives that we left if we look at it more as a commitment that we made, not just that we gave our life to Christ. Because if we just give our life to Christ, you know, we can kind of stay in control a little bit. You know, I gave mm-hmm. him my life, but, you know, this is what I'm going to do with my life. This is how I'm going to live my life. But I gave him my life. Like mm-hmm. he's got my heart. No, give him your identity. So that Mm. when you're tempted to return to your old identity, you understand you made a commitment to give him your identity. So when the old identity starts tugging at you and wanting to pull you back and telling you, whoa, things were better back here. Things were safer back here. At least you understood where you were back there. You know, when all of that starts kind of creeping in and trying to pull you back, then you can remember, no, I gave my identity to something different. Mm. And so I'm going to learn what the something different says about who I am because I gave yeah. my identity to it today. Mm. And that's why I think it's so powerful to see everything in terms of identity. Mm. Everything. Mm. It just all boils down to who God says we are and who we're supposed to be, who we mm. were created to be. Yeah. 
And that's like what I told like the women yesterday. Mm -hmm. I said, you know, like for me, I emptied my savings account to get my horse. Like I gave my horse the best life, you know, that I could give her up here at Thousand Oaks at a beautiful ranch. People come from all over LA just to bike and hike the trails that is her backyard, like where the ranch is. And she's like so loved. And I was telling the women, I'm like, if my horse were to go back to the Amish where she was abused and mistreated, I would be like, why would you go back when you've been adopted into a new beautiful identity of being loved? But I just told a lot of the women, like, every time you go back, like, it's like, like, why would you go back to a place where you are abandoned, abused, sold when you've been adopted into something so beautiful, like, the Lord gave his life for you. Like there's a seat for you at his table. And so many of these women do, they were just like crying and just like, so wrecked. Like it was very, very raw. Like I sang a song for them that I had written and I sang a Laura Daigle song. You say like over them, um, just about believing those lies. Cause a lot of them, I said, you might be physically here, but emotionally and mentally you're still stuck in the past. Cause you, that's all, you know, but it's about taking one step forward. You know, the Lord doesn't redeem you and set you free for you to go back. And so it was just so powerful, Mm. so powerful. Even um, for me, like when I developed my arthritis in August, it was because of my trauma I walked out of. And so many of the ladies, I said, I know that you've walked out of extreme trauma. Many of these ladies I met yesterday at our beach event were survivors of childhood sex trafficking horrific horrific stories like I can't wrap my mind around but they but they all deal with autoimmune things just like me like you know arthritis like different things and but I told them I said you might have to carry the physical pain now of what you walked out of but let that always be a reminder of just you know the freedom right like you've been set free from that and continually walk forward and don't allow that pain to be a reminder to you of Uh, the bondage, right? Like we'll always carry, like Christ carries the scars from the cross on his hands, right? What he told, what happened with Thomas, you know, like Thomas said, I need to touch his side to know that he, you know, that it's really him. And he did, but um, it was just so beautiful how the Lord has used everything that I've walked through recently, like even not having spent, like even with these women, like they have nowhere to go for Christmas, who are they spending Christmas with? And I just told them like, it's so easy to go back to what you're comfortable with, but you've been now surrounded by beautiful, amazing people in your life that love you. And that's a reflection of your worth. Like, don't go back. It doesn't, for me, it doesn't matter whether it's your, your mom, dad, siblings, family, it's all about moving forward because you are worth that, you know? And so it was, I don't know, just everything with these women could apply to us because as people, that's why women go back to abusive relationships. That's why you go back to unhealthy environments because that's all you know and you think Mm -hmm. that's all you deserve. But it takes so much work to fight, to be free and to continually be free. Because once you're free, it's so easy to go back. Oh, yeah. Well, you you go back because that's your identity. I mean, that's been your identity for the longest. You know, it's interesting when I... When I decided, okay, I am willing to and wanted to kind of walk away from 
Hollywood in the sense of, you know, I just didn't want to do shows anymore that had nothing to say. You know, I mean, I'd sit there on these network shows and look, the only thing good was the money. You know what I mean? Like the the messages on, you know, these talk shows and these shows were, it really, it wasn't like, it wasn't rooted in what I know to be real truth. Real truth is Jesus, period. Real identity is found in the word of God, period. Any confusion you're having about your identity right now in this very moment, let me tell you, if you actually, actually surrender your identity to Christ Get in your Bible and start reading about who God says he is. Therefore, you are. You'll begin to, you, you, you will find your purpose. You will find your passion. You will definitely find your identity and you won't, and, and you'll find the strength to not return to the confusion or to the lies about who, you know, the world or your family or your friends or whatever has told you that you are. You'll mm-hmm. actually have a really positive, powerful grip on who you are. And I got to tell you, man, you know, today I walk into some of these parties and events that we get invited to. And I just, I can go there free of judgment because I know who I am in Christ. I can go there fully confident because I know who I am in Christ. I don't yearn outside of myself for anyone else's approval. In fact, I kind of feel like people should actually be hoping that they get my approval because <laughs> my approval, I'm looking through God's eyes. You know, I know I'm, I'm constantly in tune with trying to look through God's eyes, love with God's heart, hear with God's ears and see with God's eyes, everything, people and the situation around me. And it's interesting because, you know, I was at a Christmas party the, the, the other night and it was a, you know, it was a Christmas party given by a, a, someone who's very, very well-known and, and powerful and, um, and not just like powerful celebrity, powerful, I mean, well-known, you know, on a global stage for the things that he's done. And, you know, I'm looking around this room and it, it you know, was filled with a, a lot of people uh, of similar stature. And, you know, it was kind of like, first of all, my joy was in my son who was there, you know, um, and my husband, cause you know, that's, you know, my world is complete. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know how everybody else is rolling around, but my world is complete because I've checked it before God and things are in order, you know? And so I'm standing there and I begin talking to this one woman I didn't know who she was, but everybody there was someone important. So, you know, whatever. And I was basically speaking about my faith, you know, and um, used the J word a couple times. And I don't know what she believes or didn't believe, but I was just talking about me and my life and what I believe. And it was interesting because a little bit later on in the evening, she said to me, and I did not think she was a believer because she just had really no reaction to what I was saying about faith in Christ and, you know, the principles I used to raise my son who she would, you know, had knew now and knows through business and was like, he's amazing, you know, and, and, and that always opens the door for me to Jesus, because I think anything amazing about anything that has to do with my parenting was all Jesus, <laughs> you know, and so, and all godly, godly wisdom and God and surrender to God of my own stuff. 
But it was interesting because she then says to me a little bit later, so can we talk about faith? And before you knew it, you know, she said to me, so I am a Christian and I'd like to know, are we able to be bold about who we are in the world that we live in today? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. I'm like, first of all, have I been anything less than bold with you? And was it offensive? And did you enjoy my company? And have you enjoyed my company? And it was just, I realized like part of our identity and understanding all of these things that we understand, the things we talk about, being able to look at our spiritual, you know, relatives, the woman, the, the, the Samaritan woman, you know, Joseph, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, like in, in, in all of what we do to be connected to who we are spiritually leaves an imprint on our spiritual DNA, our spiritual identity. And that does overflow to other people. And I think part and parcel of what we are here to do is really to give other people permission to be Christians, to love Jesus, to be open and vocal about their faith and our faith. Mm -hmm. And and I think and I hope that more than anything, that what she walked away from the conversation with was a renewed ability to stand in her identity in Christ, you know, and that's beautiful, a- Cynthia, just the encouragement that you would give her to be bold. And sometimes that 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 is why we need each other, because, you know, even though we permission comes from Christ, but because of our humanity I mean, we are really here to spur one another on towards love and good works. And that includes like really being boldly in love with Jesus and like listening to you speak and giving her the courage. That's part of it. That is part of this. That's, that is the thing. I think about Colossians 3.12 says, put on then as God's chosen ones, Cynthia, holy and blessed. Boudreaux, Nova, um, put on, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, mm-hmm. humility, meekness, and patience. And I can imagine that conversation with her took all those things and patience because you didn't even know what you were dealing with, but you right. gave her an open door and an opportunity and, and courage to, to be yeah. a Jesus lover and um, live out in her sphere as you know, one who says, I love Jesus. Beautiful. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I just, I just want to encourage you. Like that is so beautiful. I think as you, everybody in their different spheres of life, right. I'm in, you know, business and mom world and whatnot, music world. And we're all, we all live in these different spheres. And for us to say, okay, today, Jesus, um, let me live out my identity as a daughter, wherever that takes me, whether it's with, the homeless, the addicts, moms, celebrities, wherever, mm. um, help me be that person that says, I'm surrendered, Jesus. Right. I'm going to surrender to the identity that I have as a daughter, and I will obey you. And um, what, a, what an amazing privilege. And you'll be that girl in any situation. That's right. You know, it's a, I always say to my son, you know, and any of our adopted sons and daughters, right? Hey, remember, be God's guy, be mm. God's daughter, wherever yeah, you are. Be God's girl. Yeah, yeah, be God's girl, be God's guy. Because wherever you are, just be his. 
and other people will know him. Yeah. Just be his and other people will feel the invitation to change their lives, you know, just be his and you're protected, you're covered, you know, I mean, I think about all of the things like as a younger girl in some of the situations that I'm in or have been in, I would, I remember being, you know, a younger girl. When I say a younger girl, it wasn't because I was a young girl. I was a younger girl in Christ. I was a younger girl in terms of knowledge of my identity, about who Jesus is in my life and who I am made to be as a woman made in the image of God. Like I was younger in that way, right? And I really want to make that distinction because I think about young women like you guys who are younger than me or Summer, my niece, who is that girl wherever she is and she's 23. Like I I was less aware of who I am in Christ at 23. Let's put it that way. And in some of those situations, I remember feeling insecure in some of those rooms. Like, am I good enough? Am I smart enough? I don't have this yet or I haven't achieved that yet. Or, you know, and you, you're all of a sudden comparing your identity to the world around you instead of embodying your identity from the inside out. You know, it's like like mm. like living in the pipeline that goes from you straight up to heaven. You know, mm. I am created in the image of God. I know who I am. I've read the I've read the book. I've studied the scriptures. I've sought to, you know, really examine if something is right or if something is wrong. And therefore, in all of that, my foundation is firm in Jesus Christ. Like and now I walk into these rooms and I really do feel like other people would be really like, hey, you're smart if you take five minutes to talk to me and get some of what I got to give you. And it has nothing mm-hmm. to do with why you may be networking the rest of this room. And it has everything to do with what you need to walk into the room and have people come to you and want to give to you instead of you needing to chase after people to get from people. It's Jesus. It's being rooted in Christ, you know, mm-hmm. and... I think yeah. that's why I, you know, I love the sweatshirt you're wearing so much, Nova, because it's like, you know, <laughs> yeah, I love it. No, I'm definitely going to, I'm, I'm, that's it. I'm Get, getting them. Go I'm to katinas.com because they have a million. <laughs> I'm totally, as in Steve Katina? Um, no, um, the Katinas, the music group, the Katinas. The Katinas. They just did, they just did a special with Michael W. Smith and they're, they're, they are amazing. They're in Nashville. Are you serious? Yeah, okay, yes, I'm loving this. You, you, uh, all right, so for those of you, you got to find them this you week. You got to get, yeah, you got to get this sweatshirt. I need yeah, Jesus. It's, and then, and then this is the scripture on the back. See, I can do okay. all things through Christ who strengthens me. I mean, yes, yeah, Lord, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's good I, because I have Jesus. I can. I think that that's the. It's like we can do this now. Apart from Him. We can do nothing, nothing, right? Like that's John 15, five. Like, that's my scripture, girl. That's my scripture. I'm yes. the vine, you are the branches, right? Like yes. apart from you, I, I really can't do anything. But with you, I, I can, I can because I am empowered. I, the, the Christ, Jesus Christ lives in me. Yeah. He lives in me. So, yeah. so can I do it? Not apart from him. Right. And I, have, and I have need of him. But I'm mm-hmm. if my... my my identity is in him, but mm. even I do this, he still says, you're mine, baby girl. Yeah. 
yeah. your mind. Just you fall know, into it. Yeah. You know, you guys, I think is hmm. I'm going through the gospels right now in the book of Luke for my devotions. And what I love about Jesus is that he saw the way he saw people is that he mm-hmm. saw he the way he saw was like it was like his eyes cut through all the red tape of society like he saw the 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 priests the levites he saw the shepherds he shot he saw all the people in the same way like it didn't matter like he saw people for who he had created them to be and i think as i was thinking so many people even in different settings that I'm put in, whether it's like a shoot or, you know, we're at a sex trafficking recovery home or like at church for church events or whatever. So many people have constantly said to me throughout my life, like you just love people as they are. Yeah. Cause for me, like it doesn't matter to me whether you drive a Mercedes Benz or whether you're homeless on the side of the road. Like I love you equally but in today's society people love people of higher stature more yep people love the green room and people in church more and they love the people in the foyer or people on the side of the road less but when jesus came he actually gave more attention to the people that were unseen and if jesus were in the world today he would be kicking it dude in skid row he would be like with the unseen, he would be in the leper colonies because that's what he did. You know, he healed the leopard. He always gave attention. The Holy Spirit always gave attention to the unseen people. Hence the woman with the issue of blood who is considered an outcast, the leper, the blind and crippled man who people walked past as he was begging at the The temple, you know? Yeah. The meek, the lowly, the poor, the the broken. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think when we are adopted as God's sons and daughters. He gives us his eyes. Yeah, that's right. People, you know, and, and one thing that I love, one of our co-founders of our whosoever is Sonny Sandoval. He's a lead singer of POD. One of my favorite human beings I've ever known. It doesn't matter where we are. He is always loving people and serving people. He's a rock star on the stage but he's always there loving people, mm. praying for people, serving, cleaning up, picking up trash. And I love his heart for people. Like when I think of someone who's truly a Christian and loves Jesus, I think of Sonny. Mm. But oftentimes I walk into churches and people are so caught up in this green room, you know, like they're the rock stars. And I'm like, dude, I actually know rock stars. Like, like you know, like Cynthia, you know, head. He's so nice and humble. Like we know the rock stars of this world and and they're more humble than a lot of these Christian celebrity pastors. Yeah. But it's like, we're supposed to model when God calls us to be a shepherd. The shepherds were lowly people at that time. We are called to love people the way that Jesus did. And a part of that is knowing our identity. And to be honest with you, I think the biggest identity crisis we have is in the church. I I agree with you. I yeah. agree with you, Christina. I, I don't know who they are, <laughs> that their identity is so wrapped up in their giftings and so wrapped up in their status and so wrapped up in who they know. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, like, well, it's not about that, dude. No, well, it, you, it's so if, not. You, if you want it, like. I know, sorry, dude. I went there. I went there. No, <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm so glad you did. I'm <laughs> I, so glad I, you I, went there. Like, 
<laughs> it's true. I and I got to tell you, if you want to know for a fact that that is true, just look at the mess that the Western world is in today. And I say the Western yeah. world because we as America, leaders kind of, you know, personifying the Western world, we've really been the purveyors and the leaders of Christianity. Like, you know what I mean? Like we've had the glory seat in terms of showing the world how to love Jesus, how to live for Jesus, you know, buy the book about Jesus, buy the song about Jesus, like the whole thing. And if you look at the mess that we have made, it can only be because there's a massive identity crisis in the body of Christ, especially in the leadership, because, you know, it's, I tend to, I tend to just call them, you know, want to be. They want to be celebrities, you know, want to be famous. And and here we are, you know, Jesus is the only famous one. You know, Jesus's name is the most important, most talked about name in the history of man. I mean, really, whether it's good, bad, ugly, or indifferent, Jesus is still the one getting all the, all the press, right? And yet, yet it, like, I can't even remember the name of who won, you know, the Oscar for best actor last year or what film won for best, you know, best film, right? So it always amazes me to see someone who's charged with leadership in the body of Christ put on this sort of, you know, I'm important, I'm a VIP, I'm a rock star, treat me differently, I'm in the green room, I'm in the front row, oh, I'm going to the, you know, the Dove Awards. I mean, I have, I love when we have these different Christian award shows because people will invite me and I'm like, yeah, no, thank you. Because I'm, I'm literally like, okay, guys, I spent half my life at the Grammys, the Oscars, the, the every music award you can possibly think of, the Billboard Music Awards, the, the People Awards, the, you know, the, the award from the celebrities who love the, the other celebrities, the Golden Globe, like everything. And, and when I go to a Christian award show, it just feels a little off to me to see I don't know, like, it's just not our full job. It's okay to celebrate each other and celebrate wins in the kingdom. I mean, Mm. that's okay. But the problem is when you can feel that the spirit of celebrity and, you know, VIP has kind of taken over a place where the spirit of Christ is supposed to be the ultimate thing. Yeah. I, you know, it's interesting, Cynthia, because, Yes. I mean, I, I agree with you hundred percent, like in that area, but it's, it's so interesting to me because my, my family and I were serving at a, a thing called toys for hope this weekend. Mm. And we had this really amazing privilege of being in the toy room and being able to take these kiddos and walk like, what do you want? What do you, and Shiloh was there, my daughter, she's 10 years old. She's grabbing kids hands. I'm like, what is it that you really want for Christmas? Like, this is so much fun. And there was a young woman who God, God bless this sweetheart. She, she, you know, she was speaking to the people before they came in the toy room. You get one toy, um, you know, the parent, you have to stand over there. The kid goes in and, you know, there was all these rules, you know, cause she was put in charge. And, and so my husband and I, you know, while we want to honor, you know, how organizations do things, we both just had this inclination that, and my daughter did too you just, we just take the kiddos and we ask them what they want. Right. And so, uh, there was this family that came this, this dad and his mom, and they had been standing in line since five in the morning and they didn't have their kid with them. 
And the rule was the kid has to be there. And those, those people were so upset. They said, had we known, we can't bring a two-year-old in line and stand in line for five hours. And, and, and the, and one of the people said, sorry, yeah, you're just going to have to like, we can do. And my husband said, Hey, you guys come over here for a second. Come over here for a second. And he goes, how, how old is your kid? What, what, what are they into? He just looked in their eyes and they're like, well, he really loves, you know, he loves trucks and blocks. He goes, stand there for a second. He went and found this toy that had trucks and blocks in it. And you would have thought that those people won a million dollars. The father could hardly look in my husband's eyes. And he's like, thanks, man. It's been a really hard year. Wow. And, and my husband goes, yeah. And, you know, he probably took another toy and gave it to them. The point is we see people's story and, you know, you can be a celebrity or you can be a person helping out at a toy drive. Yeah. And sometimes our egos get in the way because we want to play by the rules and we want to do the right thing and the religious thing. And this is the way it goes. And we have to learn all of us, myself and all of us to see people, to know that they have a story. It has been a rough time for people. And like you said, Christina, have the eyes of Jesus for people and let go of being in control, uh, telling people what to do and just love them. And the only way we can do that is know whose we are. Yeah. 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 That's, that's the only way that we can actually do that Yeah, is to know who we are and live out of that space of going, yeah. let me have empathy and compassion. Yeah. And that, that is where embodying the character of Christ, that is our identity and living out of that space imperfectly. Yeah. Yeah. But knowing we live in the grace of God yeah. to help us do those things. So I, you know, it, it I, you know, we sitting back and, and listening to, you know, obviously we've all had these different experiences this week. And I, you know, as we move into this season, we've gone through this, you know, the week of hope and love. And I don't, I, can't, I don't remember what week it is in Advent right now, but um, yeah. right. Uh, I just, I just, it's true. Like I'm wearing this because I know my need of him and my need to, to know whose I am. And so thank you, Cynthia, just for, you know, having the conversation of being able to, to talk about this, uh, this on this platform, because it, it is, it's everything. It changes when we know who we are and we walk into spaces, we change the atmosphere. Yeah. And we do that one person at a time and it's okay if it's not from a stage. And it's okay if it's not on a podcast. It's okay if no one ever hears the story. It's okay. But we have peace knowing who we are. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it, you know, it just seems like as we move toward, you know, what we, uh, we call Christmas, but what, you know, we celebrate is the birth of Jesus Christ, our savior. Right. Um, It's just so perfect to me, to look at your, your, the words on your shirt, you know, I need Jesus and to think about the reality of the scripture that tells us 
I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I am the, you know, he is the vine. I am a branch. And if I abide in him, he will abide in me and I will bear a lot of fruit. Mm -hmm. And apart from him, I can't do anything good, you know? Um, And it's like, I think about that. And then I, you know, I think about like what it's all really about. You know, we're getting ready to celebrate the birth of our savior whose identity is about all of our identity. Mm -hmm. Everything about the fulfillment of his purpose here on earth is about the fulfillment of the purpose of each of our lives, you know, and I am saddened that so much of the world around us, it really is in a state of confusion and rebellion, you know, and, 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 so much. and utterly deceived, you know, completely yeah. deceived. And when I think about the fact that, you know, look, if you look in the news today, if you read the news, if you listen to the news, watch the news, whatever, probably the biggest story that we see that keeps repeating itself is one that has to do with identity confusion. You know, identity confusion, identity selling, identity indoctrination. I'm coming for your kids with my, you know, state or government notion of what identity is, um, identity politics. Um, let's, let's, let's make identity this thing as determined by school boards filled with people who don't even have children. Like there's so, and, and, and all of them and in all of that, None of them really have any idea of who they are in Christ, you know, none of them. And, and the reason why I, you know, I say, you know, I, I think some of them would call themselves Christians. I mean, I look at some of the leaders in our nation who call themselves Christians and I'm just laughing on the floor in a corner because I'm like, um, dude, do you understand that you might be saying one thing out of your mouth, but your actions are telling me something completely different. You are not a Christian. Do not call yourself a Christian. And I'm not here to judge, but I am here to look at the fruit that people's lives evidence and to make decisions about how I deal with those people based on the fruit of what they're doing. And some people, like Charles Finney would say, some people were supposed to go in and literally snatch out of hell with like urgency. Other people were supposed to go, yeah, 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 backing up from you not going to deal with you, letting you go. You know, you're, you're not mine to, 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 to be engaged with. Some people were supposed to just kind of, you know, not yoke with. There's all kinds of stuff that requires us to be in tune with the Holy Spirit on, you know, to know how to deal with the people around us as we walk out our identity, because Jesus knew how to deal with different kinds of people. He dealt with yes. tax collectors in one way. He dealt with the Pharisees in, 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 in one way. He dealt with, you know, the, the woman, the, the woman at the well in one way. He dealt with, you know, he deal, he dealt with everyone differently according to where they were. He never changed. He was the same. And that's why when we're rooted in our identity, we're kind of like Jesus, man. We don't change. You know what you're going to get. If I'm going to, if I'm in front of the camera, you're going to get the same Cynthia that you're going to get off camera, that you're going to get at the Christmas party, that you're going to get, you know, 
on an airplane that you're going to, and it's just, that's very comforting to me because it, as it will be and should comfort each and every one of you listening or watching, like when there is such peace and freedom in being exactly who you are all the time in every situation, there's such peace and freedom in that. And Jesus and what we're celebrating in this season, you know, as we move to a close for today is about peace and freedom, you know, peace and freedom. So, you know, when I see your shirt and it says, I need Jesus, Nova, man, we all need Jesus. You need Jesus. I need Jesus. And if you don't think you need him, try him and then come back and check in with me. Because I only find that the people who say they don't need him are people who have zero knowledge whatsoever of who he really is. Or they're judging him based on what other people have done to them in his name. Mm. And we know, you know, all three of us here in studio, the ones who are not with us today, and anybody listening probably has an idea that if we judged Jesus based on what other people have done to us in his name, or what other people do to others in his name, that is often not right, we would our identity would be a total mess. So we have to take our identity cues from the, from the, from the manual, you know, the manual, the word of God, he's written us an entire book of who we are, you know, and, and, and it begins by telling us who he is, you know, and I find it very interesting, you know, when I open Genesis, very first book of the Bible, very first sentences, you know, in beginning, God created. And what did he create? He created us and a, and a beautiful earth and heavens for us to live in, you know. And as we walk into rooms throughout this holiday season and ending this year and walking into a new year, I think it is so important to remember that because our God created an entire universe, of beauty, it, we can walk into situations and create an entire universe of truth and beauty for others just by us understanding that we are, we're, we're him on earth. We're his, we're his hands and his legs, you know, we're his feet, his mouthpieces, and it's a, it's a powerful and a wonderful place, I think, for us to live from. So, well, unless either one of you has a, has a final word, we've, we've reached the hour. And um, I just want to say thank you. You know, thank you guys. Yeah. Thank you, Christina Boudreaux. Thank you, Nova Page. Um, you guys know how to find them. You know how to reach them on social media. You know how to reach us. We love to get your comments about how you're being blessed by Girl Club. We'd love to hear um, some of the topics you might want to talk about as we go into a new year. You know, send us your feedback on some things that maybe you're struggling with or some areas of conversation and dialogue you'd love for us to have here. Um, we're here for you and uh, we'd love to hear from you always. We are real girls 
having real talk about real issues while seeking to apply real faith. Thank you to Life Audio for hosting us. You can find Girl Club and a lot of other great podcasts on um, on Life Audio. You can find us on any of your favorite podcast platforms, whether it's Apple, Spotify, Google, iTunes, you name it. We are there. We're your club. We're not just for girls. Guys, you can join us too. And we're going to wrap up this week wishing you all a very Merry Christmas and um, walk powerfully in your identity. And uh, we're going to we're going to uh, we're going to start the year off with some really powerful identity identity affirmation exercises also that i just am really um feeling led to dive into so that's it for today peace out bye you guys Hi, I'm Zach. And I'm Randy. And we're from Salty Saints Podcast. We're a theology and apologetics podcast. We hope to better equip you to be salt and light for your community. Uh, We hope that we can help you to go out and be a reflection of Jesus Christ to those around you, uh, to your friends and your family, and especially to those that do not know Christ. To find out more, subscribe at lifeaudio.com.